0: Hunters and welcome to Taps Inside 50 an All Star Lineup today. Your host Nick Quinn, the superstar from Hawthorne, Shane Crawford, the mega star from the Herald Sun, Glenn McFarlane, and we've even got a rubber chicken for some entertainment. Welcome, lads.
1: All-star lineup, up and he started with himself. <laughs> Can you believe that? He did too, didn't he? And the rubber chicken. We've got an all-star lineup. up Nick <laughs> Quinn here. I'm like, please, come on. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about my out. footy
2: career, <laughs> a rubber chicken. That's what the, That was my nickname on the field, being able to get over the chicken. other side of the fence.
0: To quote Eddie Maguire, what a week it's been in football.
2: It continues to get bigger too, Quinny, Don't, doesn't it, really, when you look at it um, this season uh, that it started – in a, in a strange sort of way with uh, the coronavirus is now seeing that all the clubs are out of Victoria and from what we can understand now it looks like it's going to continue that we won't get any games here the teams that are in New South Wales will eventually head up to uh, Queensland maybe even far north Queensland and Darwin Croft.
1: so you're saying we won't get any games back in Victoria
2: I'm not saying that completely but that as we sit right now it is extremely unlikely that we'll see another game in Victoria this season which includes the grand final
1: so where does that go is well, that to I, Perth?
2: Well, it's going to be an interesting situation with Perth. It's a long way away if you're looking at playing, you know, preliminary finals and the like. I, I, I'm i a fan of actually maybe even playing it in Brisbane. They have been the state that has got us through Quinny, in a lot of ways. They've hosted the original hub, the first hub. They're doing the same now with other Victorian teams up there. I, don't, I haven't got a problem with it being an
1: Anastasia the Palaszczuk. Stadium up to it? Like, well, you know, you're not going to get the same crowd. Like an Adelaide Oval Correct. or Correct, you're uh, not going to get the same stadium. crowd,
2: but uh, it's an unusual year. And if the Queensland government, if they've got any money left in the kitty, <laughs> the AFL will be putting their hand up to be trying to get some money. But the Sydney scenario is looking more and more unlikely with what's going on in Sydney at the moment.
0: Now, would this make taking the grand final away from Melbourne going forward a bit easier if they do have it outside of Melbourne? Only after
2: 2057, which you and I might be gone by then, I reckon, Quinny, there's a locked-in contract with the MCG – uh, to, to continue to play the game there. That's a, a firm, concrete agreement, given that the redevelopment of the MCG based is based around that as well. So I think this will be a one-off, but it'll be an interesting one-off. But that contract is binding, and and I can tell you right now, there's no way that will happen after this year.
0: Won't so the Western Australians be filthy if they don't get the grand <laughs> final this year?
1: So who, if you had to put your neck on the line, where's it going to go? I know you'd say... Are oh, you saying I, Queensland, I prefer be good, Queensland? Where, no, I, where do you think it'll go? Well,
2: I think it's going to be a situation we just have to wait and see what actually happens. No, where
1: do you think it'll go? Well, Will it be South Australia, or possibly. Australia?
2: I, I don't know. I, this, oh, come on, get off Give us one. Uh, let's be honest. In this season, we have no idea what's going to happen. We don't know whether Queensland's going to be in trouble later in the year. So, um, South Australia, you know, you're going to get a great crowd there. That's an option. Borders are always a worry there. Western Australia, they're screaming out for it. They want it. Where would you? Uh, where I would I think, you want it? I
1: I think Optus Oval, uh, Western Optus Australia. Oval in, uh, Optus Oval sta- and Optus Park. Optus Park, gee, that'd be A great venue. <laughs> I think the Western Australian government that's got logical, plenty prof. of money. That's the logical one. They can have stage. full crowds. Ooh. No coronavirus there anymore no. if they're stopping all the ships and uh, everyone flying in. So I'm predicting Western Australia.
2: Well, I think that's the logical one. Um, but sometimes you've got to think outside the square. And that's why I wouldn't dismiss... Uh, the Gabba having a great, you know, certainly not metric on. I don't mean that, but I mean the Gabba hosting it. The, the logical, if you were framing a market now, clearly you'd look at uh, Optus Stadium, I won't call it Optus Oval, I nearly did then, uh, or Adelaide Oval.
1: That's what the tab need to do. You need to frame a market, frame a market, market right now. We've just what created. would the MCG,
2: if we're fair and what would the MCG be framed now, do you reckon, Quinny?
1: Oh, it'd have to be $3 or something like that. It's it's got the blows. <laughs> it's got the blows after <laughs> so what's happened. The
0: next question would be, what price would footy in Victoria be? Because if it's in Melbourne, it's going to be at the MCG. If we
2: play another game, a uh, football in Victoria, the, the grand final will be at the MCG. you, right, you cannot
1: right. possibly have the grand final at the MCG
2: with if twenty thousand to
1: have twenty thousand. You just can't mm. do that. I think uh, it's unfair.
2: Yeah, it, it is just such an ever-changing landscape at the moment. Things happen by the hour, not by the day. Now, so. It, The AFL do not have to make a decision until sort of mid to late August. So we've got uh, enough time that their preference at the moment, they want to see it stay in Melbourne – I don't see that happening. I don't think anyone really feasibly sees that happening. The fact that Gill is actually talking to the Queensland Premier about basing the teams for a much longer—they went away thinking they were going to be away for thirty-two to thirty-five days, Quinny. Now they look like they're going to be away for the rest of the season, including the finals, and that's a that's a huge ask, isn't it?
1: And you think Super Bowl, the final is always in a different state um, in America, and it's incredible, amazing spectacle, and it, it's great for that. You know, city to showcase how well they can do things. So I have no issue with it going interstate this year. Absolutely no issue. And wherever it goes, you know that that state is going to do everything possible to try and outdo when the grand final is played. Does it come back to money,
2: do you reckon, guys? Does it come back to money? Like Sydney... And optics, I think. And optics. Uh, Sydney have talked about, potentially their government have talked about a $50 million cash flow into the AFL. Now... If we're not playing games in New South Wales, that's a, a moot point. But, yeah, but which oval do you play at? Well, that's the thing. I don't want them to play. I, I absolutely would say the only there's only one oval you can play at in Sydney, and that's ANZ Stadium, which is not currently an AFL
1: stadium. No, it, it's a tip to play on. It's a shock. It, it has been a bit of a tip to play on over the last few years. The the sliding of the surface, you know, Jared Ruffhead one time slid through and virtually <laughs> slid over all these bolts <laughs> as he's sliding through the goals. Like, it just... Could not be um, showcased the way that uh, the grand finals get showcased if it's played there. Nothing against Sydney. I think Sydney's a great venue. I just don't think that Oval is the right venue.
2: I agree. They were going to demolish it. They've decided not to demolish it now. And um, from an AFL perspective, might as well be demolished. It's not in the AFL uh, handbook as being a a venue. Uh, I can't see why they would want to play there. Unless someone's going to come in and give you $60 million. Would you think about it? Maybe.
0: Make it interesting. The Gabba would be a great atmosphere for a grand final. I went to the final up there, Richmond, Brisbane last year, and I couldn't believe what a great footy venue it is.
2: Yeah. I agree. I think the Gabba is a great venue. I think Queensland should be rewarded with something. We have have criticised the Lions at times. We've criticised massively the Suns at times. What that state has done to help save football in 2020. It's going to be the ongoing story how Queensland helped save AFL season in 2020. We're not there yet. We're not finished yet, but they
0: have done a huge job. Croft, put away the board games. The AFL is back. And so is the Tab Same Game Multi where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bit. Available online for every AFL game this season to Victoria, New South Wales and ACT tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. Friday night between the Bombers and Bulldogs. For mine, it's the most fascinating game this week. Essendon currently 4-1. They've had victories over Fremantle by six points, Sydney by six points, a one-point defeat at the hands of Carlton where Jacob Townshead nearly kicked them to victory. That was on the back of the cancelled game against Melbourne and they've come back with wins over Collingwood by 15 points and North Melbourne by 14 points. The Bombers at 4-1, and one, is that a fair reflection on how good they are? I think
2: it is at the moment. Uh, I don't know about you, Croft, I think it is at the moment. I'm not sold on them completely, but what they are doing is they're winning with a team that's been heavily ravaged by injury. No Heppel, no Stringer. Um, we, we know now no Dylan Shield this week after the crackdown on the bump. Uh, potentially, uh, there's others that might not play this week as well that need to prove their fitness. But the teams that you read out a moment ago, the teams that they've beaten, that's the thing that puts a little slow on them for me. Uh, I don't think they've beaten anything spectacular, yeah, and, and other than maybe comic You know, in that sense.
1: Well, that's right. The win against Collingwood was yep. exceptional. Although Collingwood looked to touch flat, even though they and they nearly pinched they it again. flew out of all all. the blocks, but in saying that, all you need to do is win. All you need, all you got to do is try and get yourself up every week to be highly competitive and get the four points at the end of the day. So I think they deserve a lot of credit. As as Glenn did say, you know, when you got Heppel out, you know, Stringer goes out, um, you know, Denner obviously hasn't been playing. I do want, like what they're trying to do up the field. They're trying to speed themselves through the halfback line, even Fantasia pushing up the field. So they're trying to use their leg speed. They're trying to sort of create a bit of a Pagan's Paddock at times where they've just got a lot of space. So I like what they're trying to do. They're doing things very different to um, a lot of other teams, and they just keep getting it done. I I am picking the dogs in an upset. Um, The the reason I'm doing that is because their season's on the line. Like, they were very disappointing. They've been a a bit disappointing the last couple of weeks, but um, I just think we'll see the true Bulldogs. Uh, I think Hunter will be better for a run, even though he was pretty good. I just think there's more at stake for them, and – The mental side of things are coming into play with my (laughs) tipping and my predicting more than ever, um, especially after a couple of poor efforts and just knowing the way the coach really, really goes about it, motivating and and trying to get the teams up and about. So I'm expecting this to be a really good game, um, especially from, you know, two different game styles, but I'm expecting the dogs in a bit of an upset.
2: Yeah, I'm tipping the dogs too. Interesting that you say that. They've, They've won the last five matches against... Essendon you think about that that's that is a team that's got something over another team and I'm a big fan of that some teams just match up beautifully even though you know the the personnel changes there's too much at stake for the Bulldogs this week I I reckon they were so disappointing against Carlton Uh, they really need and I think Bevo would have been into them all week Uh, I think this is they get Essendon you know slightly vulnerable with the players that they've got out Dylan Shield not playing as well makes a difference I'm with you I think the dogs can win this at some reasonable odds.
1: But like all the games this weekend, yeah, it really is a flip of the coin. It, it's, it's what's going on upstairs. How have they adapted to hub life? Um, you know, I, I sh- I've been banging on about the Blues all year, about, oh, look, they've got great fitness staff. Andrew Russell's a bit of a genius. I, sh- I should have been all over that, knowing that they go into state. He was the one that virtually sacked us from eating buffets and all sorts of things. <laughs> And he had the Blues jumping out of their skin and absolutely dominating, taking the game on. So I, I should have been onto that. I'm disappointed that I wasn't. I've been banging on about the Blues for quite some time, and um, it's amazing how different teams adapt to uh, interstate travel and to to staying away. And they just got it terribly wrong on the weekend. I think they can bounce back.
2: How do you reckon he would have gone in hub life, Quinny? I think he would have. Presented- I would have been
1: sneaking out, especially in my single days, Quinnie. Would have been sneaking out trying to uh Yes. Just have a look around, see what's going on down the, uh, what is it, the, the nightclub strip.
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't
1: have, but I would have thought about it a lot.
0: <laughs> and just on the Bulldogs, they have been a very challenging team to tip, not just this year, but also last year. They're the sort of team that they can beat anyone, and they've done it comprehensively, but then they just have these performances that come from nowhere and are hard to explain, but are very underwhelming. That was the case Sunday. They should bounce back, and you're confident they will.
2: Yeah I think they will I think they'll bounce back And win Quinny They get they get a lot of the ball um, And they take it inside a lot um, their, their conversion rate Once they go inside A bit like Melbourne's Is never great But I, I think they'll win this game I, It feels weird Tipping against a team That's 4-1 You think about that You think That's really tough to do uh, There's been a little bit Of money for them as well And I think the money's uh, Smart money at the moment
1: Glenn McFarlane money Sounds like me I wish
0: <laughs> He's got unlimited There's no <laughs> doubt about that <laughs>
2: Unlimited talent, not
1: money. (laughs) He's
0: got unlimited talent. There we go. Paddle the back to himself. (laughs) No, no, no. No, unlimited talent.
1: Everyone's palming themselves up. No, that that was was a mistake. Limited (laughs) talent.
0: (laughs) Now, just on Carlton, they caused a big upset over the Bulldogs last Sunday, and they have been terrific this season. Can they beat Port Adelaide, and are they a finals chance? Uh,
2: They can. They won't. Uh, I don't think they'll beat Port Adelaide. I think Port Adelaide, I'm starting to get really convinced that they are the real deal. But I'm so excited to watch Carlton. After sitting through your side last week against the Swans uh, on the Sunday and then going on and watching the Bulldogs-Carlton game, they were fantastic to watch Carlton. They took the game on. Jack Martin, he's almost like one of the recruits of the year, isn't he? And they got him for nothing. Cross, former manager, the man who made him the richest man in Australia, <laughs> Brad Lloyd, is doing great job in there at Carlton. I, I was lucky enough to, to go on, pre, it feels like a million years ago, on a pre-season camp to Maroochydore in February. And you could just see the connection and to go along with Carlton and watch the connection that they've got. And the connection with their coach, David Teague, and I reckon that is really showing that link between the group uh, and the coach and the people around him is as strong as any group I've seen for the last few years. I don't know whether that gets you over the line, but by God, it's got to help, doesn't it? So I think they'll be really competitive against Port, but I, I just can't quite see them knocking them off and they might just fall a bit short of the finals.
1: I'll tell you what, I went down and watched Carlton train their very last session before Christmas as a guest of Andrew Russell's, who's the fitness coach, and uh, I got to hang out with the Brad Lloyd. And, and I'd never seen a tougher session mm. Like I, in all my time of training and playing and, and watching um, teams train. I'd never seen a tougher, more intense session. And I was just convinced, oh, yep, they're, they're in a great headspace. They're, they're doing all the work. They can tolerate all the work. Uh, this is a group that's going to go somewhere. Can they beat Port Adelaide? Port Adelaide are up and about. They're going well. But do you know what? The Blues – If they start well, they win. (laughs) That's what happens. So They've had three matches this year where they've been terrible in the first quarters, but then the next three quarters have been highly competitive. So if they can be in the match by the end of the first quarter, it's game on. Yes, they can cause an upset. I don't think they will, but um, I'm looking forward to it and and we just need the Blues to start well so we've got a good Good match
0: to watch. They're treading in the right direction. Do you see them as a finals team next year, maybe the year after still? How quickly can it come?
2: I think it can come as quick as next year. I reckon they'll go close to finals this year. I think they'll just miss out. They're probably one midfielder short, one class midfielder short of being uh, that next level because I really like the way their forward line's evolving. Fingers crossed Charlie Curnow's knee when he comes back is is going to be good because he's a star. We like the rest of the forward line. How it's, I reckon their back line's fantastic as well. So I think maybe one, if they could just over the preseason, get a quality midfielder in there. And they'll keep
1: chipping away at Papali?
2: They'll keep chipping it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, he's in he's outstanding a, uh, well, form. Yeah. So imagine, imagine Tom Papley in that Carlton side at the moment. It would be amazing. And
1: and, and people are wanting to go there now. So, yep. yes, they've been through the rebuild and it's taken a long time and there's been a lot, of, uh, a lot of bumps along the way. But for players and destination clubs, all of a sudden you're going, hang on, gee, the Blues are building pretty yeah. well. You've got, you know, Cripps and Walsh through there. You've got a young forward line and actually – Yeah, Yeah. that's a club for me. So uh, all of a sudden, it becomes very
2: appealing. And importantly, they're not doing it with Patrick Cripps in Brownlow medal-winning form at the moment either as well. I think that's important that he's sort of, you know, he's had a few um, body issues this year, and they're still doing it uh, without Patrick Cripps getting the three votes every week.
0: Lots to like about the Blues. I just hope that Mark Murphy and Cade Simpson can hold on and be there when they're good because they have been there for Mm. so many of the challenging years along the ways. But Carlton, up and about, it's good for footy. Now, we're going to go down memory lane a little bit here because we're looking at some of the teams that are without several players as they go into their games this weekend, most notably Essendon when they come up against the Western Bulldogs and Richmond against the Kangaroos. So we're going to go back to round 11, 2004, when Essendon played Hawthorne and this happened. And that animated audio there from our friends at Triple M, thank you for that, lads. An extraordinary day at the MCG. The Bombers prevailed by 74 points, but the talking point was the 18 players that were reported. Shane Crawford, what on earth happened? Well, it wasn't my fault because I wasn't (laughs) playing.
1: Uh, I think I broke my arm the week before or had some kind of injury. So I missed... And I'm glad I missed because I would have copped another wrestling fine. I think I was up to about $12,000 for the next wrestling fine that I had. And um, and there's no doubt I would have got in there and stuck up for some of my teammates. But it was on, you know, Richard Vandenberg, Campbell Brown, Simon Beaumont, as we heard there towards the end. I'll tell you what actually happened. Like, uh, just before halftime, Johnson for the Bombers. Mark uh, Johnson. Yeah, Mark Johnson tackled uh, Robbie Campbell, a big ruckman, big young ruckman coming along. Tackled him and drove him into the ground and, you know, it's all part of footy. He made him really earn it. But uh, the coach, Peter Swab, said at halftime, stand up for yourselves. Do not take that. Do not be bullied out on the field. Because we had a few young players in there, Osborne and, and Hodge, and, um, you know, there was a few young ones coming through. It was a bit of a patch-up side at the time. We had a lot of players out of form. We had a lot of players, you know, had been injured and, like, we, we were struggling. Um, and and just going, and we sort of knew it was going to be a real battle. But Brereton was also in the rooms at halftime, and everyone sort of reflects back and goes, oh, you know, Dermot was the one that got in there because he's got such hatred for Essendon, and he said, get in there and start punching their heads in, which wasn't the case. Uh, it was the coach, Peter Swab, said, stand up for yourself. Do not, do not tolerate that anymore. So as soon as there was a, a bit of spite during an incident, uh, it just erupted. So it was virtually like giving the Hawthorne players a green light to just go and stand up for yourself. And so the players obviously took it a little bit too far. (laughs) They started throwing punches and knees and all sorts of things and, and it just exploded. It really got out of control. And I'll tell you one of the stories I like to tell and I don't tell it very often, but Simon Beaumont playing for the Hawks, Justin Murphy playing for the Bombers, played together at Carlton. So good teammates. Um, So the fight erupted and Simon Beaumont's holding Justin Murphy, but it was never going to do anything with him, just holding him and pushing him back and forth. The next thing, Justin Murphy's jobbed him. (laughs) And he's like, what did you do that for? Because these two were going out to dinner together that night with their partners. So they're obviously friends and they'd organised dinner because they're playing against each other. So Simon Beaumont absolutely lost it. So he's gone, he's just hit me. So I'm going to hit him back. So they ended up going at each other, smashing each other to bits. And I remember seeing Simon at the end of the match. um, He was getting ready to go on the showers and he was furious. And I said, mate, it's all right. Just let it go. Move on. And he's like, no, like Justin Murphy hit me. I don't understand why he hit me. I'm, I'm meant to be going out for dinner with him. I'm meant to be friends with him. He jobbed me first, so then I had to job him back. And then if you watch the footage, you can see those two arguing with each other <laughs> on, why did you hit me? Well, why did you hit me? So uh, that was one of the, the better stories to come out of it. They are both okay. But I'll tell you what, Simon Beaumont can hit, you know, and, and same can Justin Murphy. So it was it was an interesting interesting oh, match. It and sure was. It was good to fly the flag, but do you know what? We got wiped yep. and I knew that we were going to get wiped. So, yes, you can fly the flag, you can put up a bit of a fight and you can just say, yep, we're going to stand up for ourselves. But the best way to win is <laughs> to kick goals and win on the scoreboard, which we just weren't in a position as a football club at the time to win a match like that. And Peter
2: Schwab, we know, you know, is one of the best humans going around and I think he, to this day, regrets what was said in the rooms.
1: For the Hawthorne supporters, they knew we were off. Um, so it showed that, oh, well, they're <laughs> they're trying to fight their way out of it. And from an Essendon point of view, just showed the class because they dealt with the fights, and then they just totally wiped Hawthorne on the field in the second half. Did it cost Swabby his job? Do you think? I, I don't think it cost him his job. No, but I I do think uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of injuries that year, mm. and we we had to really rely on our depth, and we just didn't have it. Um, and I just think he tried everything. And as you said, he was he's a great person. Um, he really trusted the group to, especially the leaders, to to have more input, but. The thing is, he just lost his way towards the end. He sort of tried every trick in the book, and it just came uh, to an end. Mm. That was pretty much it. I don't think Did it was because you, you had the you had the cast on your hand. You didn't think of jumping out there at any stage. No, actually, on the film, back, which has happened I, in I'm actually before. very glad that I wasn't a part of that match because I was mm. an angry little man, and um, you know, when your teammates go into fight, you want to fight with them and and stand up. And I know that I would have. You know, I would have done something that I really regret, so I'm glad that I wasn't a part of it. What and was, as I said, that wrestling stuff, like what happened back then, Quinny, is you get done for wrestling, okay, you cop the fine, so you get a $1,500 fine, so every time it doubles. So I went from 1500 to 3000 <laughs> okay, and then the 3000 one, I tried not to wrestle, so I put my hands up. Uh, I think it was against Port Adelaide or, or it was against someone, and I didn't wrestle back yet they doubled my fine. So I'm up to $6,000. So I knew my next wrestle, whether or not I'm involved or not, they're going to double it, goes to $12,000. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then you add tax onto that and whatever, so you're up about $20,000. That's too much to wrestle, Quinny.
0: <laughs> it's like playing blackjack. it just kept doubling, and, like, doubling no, and doubling and so doubling. going.
1: Towards the end of my career, every time there was uh, – some kind of wrestling or some kind of fight, I'd run down to the other end of the (laughs) ground and hang out with, hopefully, a defender who would just want to hang out and have a chat.
0: (laughs) We do know you love your cash. What was it like around the club after that big fight?
1: I I think more shock. It's like, oh, can you believe that we totally lost the plot? I'll tell you what also happened. Uh, The Essendon great James Hurt, you know, one of the all-time greats, great leader. I think he was captain at the time. Anyway, guess where he was during that fight? He was playing in that game.
0: I didn't see him in the footage we watched No, before. the fight
1: erupted and he was down in the forward line and he looked at Joel Smith, another very good hawk. They looked at each other and they said, do you want to go? And, he, and they said, no, well, let's just stay here. So they stayed in the goal square and just watched it all erupt because they knew, both tight asses that they are, they knew, no, we can't go and get involved because we're going to get ourselves into trouble and we don't really want to leave from here because we've got to run 150 metres well, they have are going to stick up for each other. We're probably going to cop a fine and then we've got to get back into their position. So they looked at each other. They had a chat and decided, no, nah, we're just going to stay in the goal square.
0: A few of your teammates look like they didn't need their arm twisted to get involved. <laughs> Campbell Brown and Richard Vandenberg were probably the two Hawthorne players that were very prominent indeed.
1: Well, I, I knew we'd lost the plot when Winderlich's been carried off um, from a couple of trainers and, you know, legs are a bit wobbly and so forth. And Campbell Brown's still trying to get in there and give him a few on the jaw. That's what I thought, okay, that's enough. It's time to pull back now. But uh, it's, do you know what? It's that rivalry between Essendon and Hawthorne, which Kevin Sheedy built up through the 80s. And to be honest, like, we didn't look at it like a great rivalry. We just sort of looked at it like, oh, yes, it's, you know, they're a great team and we've just got to do our best to try and beat them. But, you know, if you go back to the 80s and early 90s, the rivalry was – there's real hatred, whereas I still think there's a bit of respect for both clubs these days.
2: We love hatred and rivalries, don't we? When you look at Devin Smith, was saying last weekend that North were trying to build up this big rivalry with Essendon and Devon Smith said, we're rivals to them, but not to us. We've got other teams. So clearly he's already been indoctrinated into this you know, Hawthorne rivalry and Collingwood rivalry and Carlton. Essendon have got a strong rivalry with Carlton as well too, don't they?
1: And I can understand the coaches – because you've got to find motivation in different ways to get to the players and, and really stimulate them and get them ready to go. But I think the younger generation don't care. No. <laughs>
0: is there a biggest rivalry now? Is there?
1: Is I there think one there already? is
0: one. Yeah? Hawthorne-Geelong. Yeah. And maybe more so six years ago, but I know that was genuine. Yeah. On the field and off the field. Even off the field, there was always a little reluctance for the players to mingle. Yeah. I know, you know, you and Cameron Ling might, be, and Luke Hodge were different. You'd socialise with whoever had to be around and whatnot. But you didn't see a lot no. of love off the field. And I sort of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's sort good. of like the fact mm. that it means the world yeah. to these players.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And but, having Respect, d- a lot of respect. It, yeah, but, it's respect, uh, yeah, but it's there's that And I like that like,
1: feeling. I don't like players walking off, shaking hands and having a smile and chatting. Especially if you've lost. Like mm. like this is this is your livelihood. I know you gotta get on with life and there's more to life than AFL football, but out on a footy field, once you cross that line, you've got to get in the zone and and that's the way I used to treat it, is like everyone's an enemy and I wanna knock everyone's heads off in the right way. But that's <laughs> that was the mindset. And you know, I just think we're a bit nice these days, the way that mm. Uh, we all go out there and, um, you know, we high-five each other as we start the game. And I'm like, nah, come on. Get that real real anger in you and and fight like your life's on the line because that's – you can see in some players out there they do and they've got that – like, it is like their livelihood's on the line. This is it. This might be my last game. I've got to pour everything into it. And Campbell Brown was one of those. Like, he would run through a brick wall. And I remember going into the grand final in 208 against Geelong at training during the week. He looked at me. And he said, I'm going to rip Gary Ablett's arm off. And th- we we're about to start training. And I said, what? And he goes, I'm going to rip his arm. Like, I'll do anything to win. I'll rip his arm off. And I said, mate, just concentrate on the footy. Just go hard at the footy. You don't need to do that. But I believed him. He would have. I-, I believed that he wanted to rip his arm off. And, and so I think that's, that's ingredients really missing. Um, and
0: I used to love it. And of all the things in life that don't matter, footy's clearly the most important. <laughs> now, some Very true. Big games Sunday slash Monday as well. We go into Monday this week, which could be a trend going forward. Who knows? We could have footy just about each and every day of the week over the next couple of weeks. But some of the Sunday games: Carlton at two ninety outside against Port at a dollar forty two. We've touched on this one. We think the Blues will be competitive, but Port maybe just a shade too good. Fascinating one for mine, Hawthorne up against Melbourne. The Hawks seventy two. Melbourne at two fifteen. This is going to be an interesting game because both teams, I think their strength is the weakness of the opposition and vice versa. Melbourne move the ball so very quickly, but they're terrible with it going inside 50 where the Hawks, they almost just want to play keepings off and they cannot score. Croft, will your Hawks bounce back with oh, a win? Don't,
1: don't ask me. Um... Ah, uh, they were very disappointing against Collingwood, but Collingwood were very good. Like, Collingwood, I think, it were, uh, one of the best sides in it, and it just showed their depth. And the thing is, the players they brought in created great run and great carry. Um, so, good opposition. It, it was painful to watch, it really was. Just the, the, the thing that Collingwood did really well, they just... They blocked up space, but they allowed the wings and, and a lot of space behind uh, the Hawthorne player when they had the footy. So they played it safe. And you, you, as soon as you play safe, you're cooked. And I reckon every year, and hopefully Glenn can back it up, I reckon Hawthorne have a stage for a couple of weeks where they play slow footy. And it's a lot to do with the opposition, but it's it's not being brave. Um, and we used to have a thing called pull the trigger. As soon as you get it, you got to pull the trigger and release the footy. And, As soon as you doubt yourself, you're gone. And there's nothing wrong with making mistakes uh, as long as the intent's there. And generally, if you're in that mindset and you get your confidence up, you can start picking your way through. And it makes it so much easier for the forwards, uh, so so much easier for uh, pretty much everyone right across the field. Can Hawthorne bounce back? Yes, they can. I think the odds are wrong because I think Melbourne are very much in this game. Stoppage works a bit of a worry, even though Hawthorne have got some big balls As I say all the time, they've got Max Gorn, so they're going to get first use. So that, for me, is a worry. Can they kick a score, Melbourne, to defeat the Hawks, who I think will bounce back and and play a brave style of football? I wouldn't be surprised if they bring in CJ, a Sudanese kid who can really break the lines. And even if he's not getting the football, if he's running uh, with great presence and great dash, it Creates zones to open up a bit. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they make a call along those lines. I think the horse can win. I'm expecting them to win. Um, but as you said, no confidence.
2: No man, when he gets backed in a corner, is better than Alistair Clarkson. And, and he's had a bit of a sledgehammer taken to him this week. And, and I think he'll use that... Uh, to rev his troops up to within an inch of their lives on the weekend. I think Melbourne were great last week, Quinny. was really impressed by the fact that they did lower their eyes. It's been, I think, a while ago I was saying to Mick McGowan, it's like the demuter triangle. It goes into the forward <laughs> line and it's this mystery. The ball just disappears all of a sudden. It's like, you like <laughs> that, don't I'll, I'll you? I love that. Um, so it, it is that situation. But they lowered their eyes when they went in last week. I think they're a little bit more clinical about the way they did it. I reckon they look a better side... With Wiedemann in the team and Oscar McDonald at the other end, it just sort of balances them up a little bit better. Their midfield were terrific on the weekend. Maxi Gorn was unbelievable. Jack Viney and Krista Petrarca got to be, I mean, they might not win enough games, but it might come into a Brownlow contention at some stage. Having said all that, I reckon Clarko against the odds. It's a big game for Hawthorne. I think the safer bet is with Hawthorne this week.
1: And I reckon, as Glenn did say, there was a lot more composure with the mm. Ds. So, like they've been playing a fast style of footy, which is what you need to do, but not if you can't hit a target. Mm. If you play a fast style, you're going to get wiped, okay? You, you just got no chance. And they've been good enough to keep themselves in the games, even though their kicking hasn't been able to hit the target, especially in that forward half, which is crucial. That kick inside 50 has to go to advantage, worst-case scenario. So um, – if they can fix that up, that's that's a huge thing. And some, sometimes you grind out a win, and we all think Gold Coast are going really well. Um, sometimes you can really springboard. That's why I'm a bit worried from Hawthorne's point of view because this is they're getting the Ds. Once they've got a bit of confidence back, they'll be feeling good about themselves all this week. Um, and just taking half a second, once you get it, of composure, uh, once you're released, um, you could see them really thinking through that. And and then passing it on and hitting a target, so that was that was a real positive to see. I still think Ben McAvoy. A lot of people are saying he needs to go back in the ruck. I still think this week, especially with the way the D's go about things, I still reckon he'll play down back as a, a sort of a guy who just tries to plug the hole
0: a bit. Well, the Hawks' loss could be the end of their twenty twenty season, and all of a sudden, if the could be the end for the both th- teams. That's if the, the Dees win. That's no, a good match. They're back. Well, and they've
2: got to gave up their sleeve as
0: well too. The D's. They are back. All right. Drum roll, ladies and gentlemen. After oh no. you listen to this magnificent podcast, you can go and place these bets and then you can Google the line of <laughs> the sand game from 2004 because if you haven't seen it or you need your memory pricked, it is quite extraordinary viewing. Croft, what's your best bet for the week? Uh,
1: the grand final to be played. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, no, I thought long and hard um, about it. I thought, do I back North Melbourne in just because the mental state and Richmond just going? And I've decided that you've got to go with the Gold Coast Suns against the Swans. Um, it's at the SCG, so that's a tick to the Swans. But the thing with uh, the Suns, they're playing good football. They're taking the game on. They're going to have to think differently coming up against the Swans. Stuart Jew used to coach at the Swans, so he understands John Longmire like at the back of his hand because he was there for a long period. So he'll have you know intimate knowledge about the way that he'll want to do things and the SCG. So all of a sudden, hang on that advantage, you know, sort of levels out a fair bit. And you go through this, and I, th- I think the Swans are just honest toilets, but the problem is you've got Franklin out, you've got Naismith and Sinclair who haven't been playing, and I don't think they're going to play. Oh, I don't think Sinclair's going to play. reed has been out. Kennedy goes out, who's their main ball winner and does all the grunt work. And Heaney comes out as well, and he's, he's such an important player for them. And you've got Ronk, who adds a lot of... Uh, Dash Gold Coast Who have they got out They got one player In their starting 18 Called Matt Rowe So I just think That's too much of an advantage We know they're in good form And I think the safest play Even though It'll be a hard watch Because they will want to Clog it up a bit The Swans I think the Suns Will find a way to win And I think that's the best bet For the weekend
0: Well you got your best bet up Last week with Melbourne Beating Gold Coast And now you're flipping Going with the Gold Coast We like money Not teams That's a good approach there Croft Macca What's your best bet?
2: Quinny, you had a crack at me a couple of weeks ago for having a four way multi. <laughs> it was a
0: disaster. <laughs> but I'm, gonna stick, I'm gonna oh, oh, going to stick. Oh, you're going four way? No, no, I'm going
2: to halve it. I'm going to go oh, two way multi. A, yep, so it's going to be a little bit safer here. Um, I think uh, I'm looking forward to crowds over at, over in WA. That's going to be fantastic. Um, I think West Coast will beat Fremantle as impressive as Fremantle ha- happened to be last week. And they were super impressive against the Saints. And I reckon the Saints have got a bit to prove as well against a team that are just uh, absolutely struggling at the moment, Adelaide. So I'm going to go West Coast into St Kilda and have a good bet on that. I- I'll leave it later in the week. So I feel like I'm winning all weekend and then and launch late.
1: Hey, what about, what about Adelaide back home for the first time in a mm. long time? So they've got their crowd. Yep. They've got their oval. Yep. They've got their own bedrooms. They need a
2: miracle still.
1: Yeah, they're not very good, are they? No. No.
2: Um, so I was happy to take that. I think St Kilda were embarrassed last week, and they should have been embarrassed. That performance was just not I, good I, enough. I still
1: can't get over the last two minutes. What on earth happened? So I'm sure I'm sure they would have gone back to the drawing board, and you practice those scenarios the last couple of minutes. Like always at training, you practice. But that scenario didn't work. They went all guns blazing, and they left no one in their defensive end, or <laughs> well, they left a couple. And there was about five or six Fremantle players just going, how good is this? This was this was under eight stuff running yeah. into a forward line. This was ball watching at its very best, which is not what you want, especially when you don't have the footy.
2: And footy is a brutal game. After a quarter time of the, of the St Kilda-Fremantle game, everyone was talking about Brett Ratton is the greatest coach going around. By the end of the game, ridiculously, on talkback radio in <laughs> Melbourne, people were calling for his sacking. And I'm thinking... The world has gone
1: mad. The <laughs> well, world has gone Well, they've blown two mad. big leads.
2: They have, and that's why I think they'll win this week and win really well this but week. But
1: you would think that, – that's what I don't understand. They've blown two big leads, and last week it was – you go back and watch Fremantle mm. kick that goal. Just watch 20, minutes, uh, 20 seconds before, and you watch the ball being kicked into that forward line, and you'll sit there and go, oh, my goodness. Take your pick. What has happened there? So they obviously haven't learnt from that failure to North Melbourne. So I, I just think a lot of work would be going on behind the scenes yeah. at telling players what are you doing because surely we don't coach like that and uh, hopefully they'll fix it from here because we want Saint Kilda we want Saint Kilda to do well it's good for footy and and it's good for their supporters they need a bit of hope
0: they certainly do, and they've got a lot of upside the Saints, obviously a couple of setbacks this week. But What's your best bet? they be too good for the Adelaide Crows. My best bet, I'm keeping it nice and simple like the two blokes I'm working with today. <laughs> I'm taking Port Adelaide under 39.5 against Carlton. May your bets be winning bets. and You've been listening to Tabs Inside 50. Croft, put away the board games. The AFL is back, and so is the Tabs' same game multi where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Victoria, New South Wales and ACT tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help 1800 858 858.